0: Dub, back at it, baby. It's that preseason time.
1: It is, man. We are back in warm, hot Texas. It is we hot. Have, we have actually got to witness a real scrimmage. After the blue and white scrimmage was a fake. It was, it was a little bit of false advertising on that one. It's pretty much a practice. Um, and we got to see some football, Andy. Some real. Kind of real football, baby. Mostly real football for a good nine plays. And then, so, yeah. This is Boys Will Be Boys. This is Boys Will Be Boys. This is Andy Gatelli. Benjamin T. Walker. And we are excited, Andy, to talk about football. Uh, We are actually
0: within sniffing distance of real live NFL football uh, we are within, we are under a month until Giants Cowboys in Dallas on September 8th. Uh, and the Cowboys have begun their preseason schedule, traveling from their camp in Oxnard, California, north to Santa Clara, California, to play the Niners of San Francisco. Uh, so we in an will
1: rivalry. Yes, yes. It doesn't really come out, uh, the rivalry doesn't really come out in the preseason per se, but. Um,
0: Yes, we will go. Dudes got ejected, so it got a little chippy, I
1: guess. Yeah,
0: that was a bizarre
1: play. Honestly,
0: that was a starting player, too. That's their starting free safety who was somehow (laughs) in the game in the third quarter and then blasted some ninth receiver on our team so he could get ejected. I was like, damn, dude, you really out here trying to make their roster.
1: That was wild, man. Actually, San Fran was kind of wild in all night looking at penalties. They had, okay, for, yeah, I was going to say, do you know how many yards of penalties they had? I heard at one point it was like hundred and twenty or something, two
0: hundred and eighteen yeah. yards
1: <laughs> on eighteen flags, dude. Yeah, yeah. I was 18. gonna say what, when I had heard it, it was still like first half, like third quarter. Yeah. they still beat us, by the way, which is what's funny about preseason. But
0: yeah, so obviously it's a preseason game. Every team has kind of a different approach to preseason. The Cowboys, especially in the first preseason game. They're never really looking to get anyone hurt. They don't really want to see anything offensively. So you're going to get like the most vanilla format of offense that we possibly have. And you're probably only going to see starters for one series, which is exactly what you got this night. The starters played. And by starters, I mean first teamers other than Zeke Elliott, Zach Martin, Jason Witten, and Amari Cooper. Um, they played nine snaps. Uh, and then after that, second and third string started going in. So this was not a hyper competitive dress rehearsal like people expect to see week three of preseason uh, when we play the Texans. But it was an interesting. It was an interesting uh, scenario to see Dak Prescott taking live snaps from under center against a team that was not wearing the same uniform they were.
1: Yeah, I mean. Of course, we're we're total junkies for this, so of course we're all watching. And I'm pathetically excited for preseason. Oh, I know. Football. And then you sort of <laughs> get to about the second quarter, especially the second half, and you realize that pretty much everyone you're watching will not be contributing in a meaningful way to your football team.
0: I'll say this year is a little different because we did go to camp, and so we saw like everyone.
1: And oh so I know, I dude! I'm I'm excited about of some of the guys football. we saw. It's just funny that yeah, you just the quality of football is so it's so laughable by so, so normally
0: we kind of go drive by drive. Um that's not going to be necessary here. Um we'll take you through the first drive just because that's what the starters played. Uh and then after that we'll just kind of go through some some thoughts on who played well, who whose stock went up, whose stock went down. Um, so in this game, uh, like I said, the starters only played one series. Um Tony Pollard was starting at running back, uh, for the absent Zeke Elliott, uh, the charger earned chargers. The Niners announcers called him Darius Jackson for the entire drive. Um, it was kind of a high school level production as far as television goes. Um, but right off the bat, Tony Pollard got a six yard run. Uh, immediately after that, they did a, uh, little slant pattern where uh, Dak Prescott hit a very sharp looking Michael Gallup who ran a great route for 16 yards. Um, They got an illegal use of hands here, uh, but that was declined. Um, Dak then tried to go deep for Michael Gallup uh, who got one hand on the ball, but his other hand was restrained by the defender. So that led to a pass interference call. Good job on Gallup. First
1: of many penalties for San Francisco.
0: Yeah. So that brought up first and 10 at the San Francisco 24. Uh, Pollard went for three yards. Then Dak hit Tavon Austin for five yards, third and two. Uh, Pollard gets a tough third down, gets four yards uh, on a third and two. Great job, Pollard. Um, First and 10 at the 12. Pollard goes for three yards. Ah, uh, second and seven. Dak goes a little short over the middle route to gallop for three yards. Um, so that brings up third and fourth, the six. Uh, Dak sees a pretty open Blake Charwin in the end zone. I do think this would have been a touchdown, um, but the good like credit to the Niners defensive line. He tips the ball. It uh, goes up in the air. Dak actually catches his own pass um, and just lays down. So they stall on the seven. Martin kicks a twenty-four.
1: I know Broadus said he thought that he had Jarwin and he was open. When I watched that replay, if he's open, he, that ball better be humming because
0: it could have been picked to a, me. It looks like it could have been
1: picked. You know, I,
0: I do think there is an opportunity there to get the ball in. I think Dak can make that throw. The one that bothered me on this drive was the play before that with uh Michael Gallup coming across. Um, Gallup's open. He's way more open earlier. Like Dak needed to make that throw like a full second earlier and Gallup yeah. will have more room. He pretty much buddy passed Gallup, where like Gallup can make the catch, but then he just gets immediately tackled for three yards. Gallup would like I think he would have got a chance to kind of turn up field a little bit, maybe get some more yardage if Dak yeah, sees more.
1: Something later. on the other side, and I don't know what the read is here, but I thought Pollard was coming out of the backfield on the weak side, and he had one on one. I mean, we'd had to make a guy miss, but I liked that yeah. more than the delayed drag right well, They route.
0: made a. I think they made a business decision on Tony Pollard, which is he was drafted to take sweeps, reverses, screen passes, you know, all these kind of like Alvin Kamara esque plays, and they seemed very committed to the fact that Pollard was going to be used between the tackles as a traditional running back in the way that you would see Zeke used.
1: Um, I, think- I don't know if
0: that was to send a message or like, again, we're just not calling it anything but very vanilla offense in this particular scenario, but they were only running Pollard straight up the gut, which I thought he did. Okay. He made some good first cuts, but yeah, they didn't seem to be trying to get him to the outside, which is normally his strength.
1: Yeah. I would agree about the, the vanilla offense, which I think Dallas may be more than anyone. And I can't confidently say that because I'm definitely not catching everybody's preseason game, especially after the first series or two. Um but Dallas they tell you everything you need to know about what they think of preseason with how little action even Pollard got. Like there's yeah. a lot of teams that would have given their rookie running back twenty touches today just to see what he could do. And the sure. fact that Dallas has got him in bubble wrap, I don't think it means anything about the Zeke contract, which don't worry, the second half of this pod is pretty much straight contract talks. So we will get to. But I just uh, I just meant this this series showed kind of what Dallas thinks of preseason, which I don't think is nearly as high as, as some other teams like to use it. Like If you watch the Cardinals, like Cliff and Kyler, obviously that's a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. They're out there showing you some stuff. Dallas is yeah. going to go pretty vanilla. They're going to try and execute a play here and there, keep people sharp but pretty much they want them in bubble wrap and out of the game.
0: Well, and they didn't, uh, it wasn't even the offense you're going to see. I mean, you just look at Dallas, like let's assume that Dallas was running the offense that it's going to run. They, there were 50 pass attempts and 18 running plays. Oh yeah. Like that's, that's just not how Dallas is going to run their offense come season time. Um, So, uh, first team defense got, uh, two possessions. Actually, they stayed on the field for two possessions. Now, again, when I say first team defense, I mean, first team defense, except for DeMarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, Robert Quinn, and Byron Jones. Um, so you're missing your three top pass rushers and your best cornerback. Um, but, they played remarkably well. They gave up one first down and 14 total yards of offense and two possessions. Um, they The refs really attempted to bail San Francisco out here. I know that sounds like a homer pick, but they fumbled on the first play. Uh, the refs ended up giving that one back to him as an incomplete pass and then a really ticky-tacky PI call on third down, which gave them a new set of downs, and they still went three and out after that. So um, the defense held... You know, not not a huge accomplishment to to shut down Nick Mullins, um, but they did their thing.
1: Yeah, man, that was that Niner offense. It, they didn't even have half their. I mean, I don't even know who's supposed to be starting for them. But McKinnon, Garcon, I think Stilper, Matthews, uh, Jimmy Matthews, Garoppolo, was out there. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play at all. Um, I don't yeah. think George Kittle played tonight. So I mean, San Francisco was in the same place. They didn't they didn't start anybody that is a playmaker for what they have on that team. So like I said, this was pretty vanilla, but it's still good to see the quote unquote first team defense pretty much stifled this, this team.
0: And we had some good, uh, we had some bright spots on first team defense. Linebackers look great. Jalen had a really awesome hit, um, which obviously you just love to see Jalen being his kinetic self. Uh, and then Cheeto Ouzier playing the number one corner spot had a pair of great back-to-back plays.
1: Yeah, he did. On the, the possession after this, Cheeto made back to back really nice plays. Um Awuzie, Hive Goat, we're live and well, baby. He's killing it. So
0: he he blows up a screen with a really nice form tackle in the open field one on one. And then on the next play, they try a third and long pass, and Awuzie just gets there in time, gets a hand in on a diving play and breaks up the pass. So Cheeto looks like he's ready to take that next step.
1: Yeah, I'm really hope I really hope he does. I've had high hopes for this kid for a while. I mean, he looked he looked the part last night, or I keep saying last night, in the preseason game. Um I know he's out there not really guarding a good receiver on San Francisco. They got a bunch of young rookies that may turn into something in second year guys, but um Are you saying Jordan the, Matthews is yeah, it's, it's still That's a sick wide receiver, dude? It's still the type of assignment you'd like to see him him dominate, and he did. So uh, first-team defense looked good. The second-team offense, Goat, did the only other drive that even looked somewhat watchable in this game was was from then the second possession. And this, this began a theme uh, that is
0: probably one of the major points of concern. If you ask people, Dallas fans, like, you know, what did you like, what did you hate – the three big points of contention here are your continued red zone problems. Um, you know, obviously, last year, this team 29th in the red zone. Um, the last time this team scored a preseason touchdown, uh, Terrence Williams caught the touchdown and Dan Bailey kicked the PAT. So that tells you how long that's been. Um, number two, the kicking. Uh, Brett Maher, again, shanked a inside 40 yards field goal, which doesn't make anyone in Dallas feel good.
1: So he went three Uh, for four and none of those kicks were, were very inspiring. I saw a pretty good tweet from a Tim Kalisha I got to give credit to he, uh, he said, find someone who hugs you the way Brett Maher hugs that right goalpost. Oh, I know
0: dude. And then obviously the, the (laughs) one that has gotten probably the most press coverage, the backup quarterback situation is, Atrocious. Um, Cooper Rush. What's funny is Mike White is so bad that I saw people that were like Cooper Rush actually actually looks
1: pretty good. I was, and I don't agree with that at all. He made some decent throws, but he didn't do anything at all that I would consider like. Oh, I feel comfortable with Cooper Rush. I'm not saying he was terrible. I'm saying I don't know how people formed opinions.
0: Pretty terrible, dude.
1: Well, I just – I don't know if he's terrible. I don't know if he's good yet is the whole point. Like he – I don't think he's good, but you know what I mean? Like we, yeah. we barely saw anything out of him, and people are like, I feel pretty comfortable with Rush moving forward. I was like, fuck, dude, I don't. If anything – uh,
0: whistle- like That one drive where we got back into the red zone, and first he scrambles like 20 yards backwards and then just chucks one over the receiver's head – and then gets another possession and fucking airmails it again. He was overthrowing everyone all night. Horrible. Um, His best play was a 33-yard pass play to Blake Jarwin, who Blake looked great, honestly. Um, I can't think of any play that Blake didn't make. There was one where Cooper kind of put the ball too far ahead of him, and it was at the very tip of his fingers. Maybe he dives for that one, but other than that, um Blake Jarwin was open all night he made sure-handed catches and he got yards after catch that's all I can ask of a guy uh in a preseason game so Starwin continues to ball the
1: Blake Jarwin era in (laughs) full effect Jarwin era you know I was really nervous when Witten came back which is I know a blasphemous thing to say in Dallas because I really don't want to stunt Jarwin's growth I don't know if Jarwin's gonna be a star by any means, you know, here's, go- here's what I keep telling people is last He's year, definitely is your the most giants. athletic tight end. And he proved that tonight. Again, now I'm not saying he can block or shit, but in today's age, like who do you want catching the ball and running? I mean, I definitely think you want Jarwin out there over, over Wit. if Jarwin's ceiling is
0: his game against the giants where he had 130 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, let's just be totally honest. Witten's never going to do that.
1: Not like again, no, Witten's
0: never going to have a three-touchdown, 100-yard-plus game. He won't have on 100 yards
1: end. in a game this year. And if he does, we're doing some real dink and dunk shit where he catches 13 balls. 12
0: balls, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, now, we, I'll say this. Witten has impressed me. He's made some sick catches in camp, and he does look, like, much healthier than I remember him. He's not nearly as banged up. Um He's 37, but I really, guys. He's 37. Yeah, I, I'm— I'm hoping that Blake still gets... We do run a lot of 12 personnel, a lot of two tight end sets. Um, so I hope Blake still gets his snaps because I think Blake is is the next guy. I think he's the next tight end for this team. Um, and he's young and he's incredibly athletic. Um, other than that, Ben, who on offense, did you see some bright spots? you see any guys in the second or third units that you were like, okay, I see a little flash of something good there?
1: Hmm... <sighs> A little, you know, I liked what Devin Smith did. I don't think he's a roster guy. This is a former, I want to say, second-round pick by the Jets. Mm -hmm. Ohio State guy. Yeah, another Ohio State guy. They have six of them on the roster, I think. Um, Yeah, I mean, he he had a nice night, especially in the the two-minute drill at the very end. Um, You know, Cedric Wilson also, he got three targets, three catches. I liked what we saw out of him, but that was – Cedric looked good. But there was no one who really just whoa like floored me or flashed. You know that was probably the yeah. best. I like what we saw with Cedric. He looked fine. Like I said, I liked what Devin Smith did, but I think he's so far back on this roster that it's you know I don't I don't see him making it. Um, and you know John Vea Johnson got a lot of, of play today, Andy, and he made some good plays, but he also the drop sees man,
0: dude. I I think that uh, John Vea Johnson. It's Lance Lenore all over again. It's Andy Jones all over again. Um, another guy that's, you know, the all Oxnard team, the all Valley Ranch team, wows everyone in camp. Everyone's convinced this guy's getting the fifth wide receiver spot. And then when the lights come on, something happens. Um, yeah. John Van Johnson can run great routes and he's fast. Like, the, the first drop he had when he made that cut for that slant route and got open on the inside for rush, I was like, that's a hell of a route. And then he just fully drops the ball. Um, so that's rough. I think, honestly, I think John Vea Johnson and Cedric Wilson flipped spots on the depth chart that night. Um, I think as of right now, if they have to roll with the 53 today, I think Cedric Wilson gets that final wide receiver, and John Veya
1: goes to the practice squad. So, you're bring, they're going to bring four for sure. If they bring a fifth, you're right. They're probably at least bringing five, and so you probably might come down to who's honestly the special teamer, man. I
0: mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as bright spots on offense go, I'd say it's, it's Blake Jarwin, uh, it's Tony Pollard, uh, it's Travis Frederick on his return. He looked good. He played nine he plays. We, but didn't, we
1: didn't talk O-line, uh, but Frederick – he looked good. I mean, I saw also a couple gifts of Tyrone Smith going out and just man-childing a couple guys. So, so that's excellent. Um, Dak looked fine.
0: Uh, Gallup looked really good. I liked what I saw from Gallup quite a bit. Um, but then we had some, like we said, we had some underperformers. You got the John Vaya Johnson. Mitch Hyatt got abused in the couple snaps that he got. Um, former All-American out of Clemson just getting manhandled at left tackle in the third unit. Um, none of the other running backs really flashed at all. You, there was a couple plays from Mike Weber uh, and maybe one or two from Darius Jackson. Maybe one decent. from Weber.
1: He had that nice yeah, spin, move a
0: little that. spin move. Yeah, that was really it for him. Um, so none of the running backs looked great. I thought Pollard looked like he would have had the best night. Obviously, he was out there with the first team.
1: So, And even then, really mean, it wasn't like he – flashed he had a no 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 nice but run. i mean we had eight yards i mean it wasn't yeah. wasn't like anybody was
0: pollard pollard picked up his first carry was for six yards he picked up a tough third down he did what he was asked to do that's all you can really expect for a rookie um other than that yeah and then in the quarterback situation mike white is not making this team i'm calling it right now
1: God, there's no way dead. do you want to, uh without looking because he might have it up i want you to guess his stat line from this game
0: i know he went nine for 20 just from memory
1: okay. um over a hundred a hundred yards i'm gonna say he had like right at a hundred 87 Oof. with 20 he had to... 87 yards and he was sacked three times and he fumbled once And let me tell you, these
0: sacks were some of it was the line, but this dude has the pocket presence of a blind, deaf person. Like, he's getting breathed down on by a rusher and he doesn't even see it. Like, there's no, like, you'd see Tony sometimes where, like, the line would give up a guy and Tony would just kind of feel that pressure and either move or if he's going to get killed, he, like, readies his body for it, kind of bends over to take the hit. Mike White was just getting, like, blasted, like, you know it looks like his body's made a putty because he just doesn't even see the rusher coming at all like it was so ugly dude and that last drive like quite frankly the guy had a chance like he made a couple completions to the point where he had a chance and he just fully didn't see wide open receivers he could not no. make anticipatory throws it was just super ugly so no he dude, mike, folded mike he folded kind of done
1: he folded faster than white mike mccardle Folded at the end of season two, he gave up everybody. Man, there you go. So,
0: um, but not to, that's not to say that Cooper Rush was amazing. Um, I'll say, I'll say this I'm very thankful that Dak is built like a tank. If Dak goes down, I think we're gonna see the old pay 10 million dollars to get McCown or Matt Castle or someone to come take the reins because. You just don't
1: well, think you can trust the offense to Cooper Rush. You know, we spend the least amount in the entire NFL on quarterback. It makes you wonder a little bit why we didn't try and bring in, I don't know, the boat, like Blake Bortles or, you know, Geno. Like, there's some decent backups that I would have felt sure. comfortable having. And I know, I know Dak's a tank, so I'm not super concerned, but – Man, you look at, that saved that the Eagles that, that won the that Eagles the Super kid. Bowl, having a competent backup. Hell, it's what yeah. honestly saved our ass when Romo got hurt two, three yeah. years ago. Um, it's what Romo, I mean, we had Orton and Kitna at least once upon a time. In the one season, we didn't have anybody at all. We were terrible. So, uh, I just really uh, wish we had had brought in some sort of veteran to be back there. Better pray Dak stays healthy, is all I'm saying, folks. And
0: uh, well, we'll get to my thoughts on Dak, but that's it's a bad situation. Like the whole situation is shaky at best. Um, and then on defense, um, you know, who'd you see on defense that you thought had a good night?
1: Yeah, Cheeto. Um, Cheeto had those yeah. the, those two nice plays. Um, you know, the first team in general looked pretty good. I'm trying to think if somebody stands out. I'm looking at my my little notes here. Um, oh, uh, Luke Gifford. He was a he's a camp yeah. pet from a lot of people. He had that nice pick. Express. That's right. He had a nice pick. Um, he did leave the game. All right. Yeah. He did leave the game with a sprained ankle. I hope that's not too serious. But he, you know, he looked a uh, good in They're the. We're to make a damage. decision on him because that's gonna be six
0: weeks probably. And yeah. you know, are they gonna carry him all the way to the end of camp and give him a roster spot? Are you gonna put him on IR? Are you gonna, you know? Yeah, say, uh, he's an
1: undrafted rookie from Nebraska, for people who don't know. He was number fifty-seven. Um, if you haven't heard the name, this might have been your first time seeing him. We I don't think we actually brought him up on our camp pods. We were so hyped on other people we were we were promoting, but it was clear that he was getting a lot of love from from coaches and from beat writers who were on the scene. And he yeah. he balled in his first game, but it's unfortunate he got hurt because you know he, he was flashing a little bit. He had a
0: pick. Uh, Donovan Wilson, rookie safety out of AM, also had a pick.
1: Yes, he did. He did. Um, that was nasty, too. That was a terrible throw by, God, C.J. Beathard. Be- he's so beat hard, dude. Hard. God, I'm glad he's still, still collecting a paycheck. Way to go, buddy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple guys. You know, I thought um, – I thought Joe Jackson had a nice night on the D-line. He had uh, had a nice pressure. He, uh, you know, there was a couple D-linemen who who made some plays. Ricky Walker. Armstrong looked good. Um, Jalen Jelks had a great
0: night for a seventh-round guy out of Oregon that was kind of just a flyer the Cowboys took at the end of the seventh round. He had the only sack of the evening for the Cowboys' defense, so
1: good for him. Yes, yeah, so... There was nobody who, once again, Andy, that really just blew me away. I I really do think if we had a name just an MVP off of that game, it probably was Gifford. Um, Yeah. Gifford or Cheeto. Yeah. I mean, you just, you know, there's, there's, it's a 17 to nine game, folks. I mean, you know, it was.
0: Now, there were some guys that got a little bit exposed. Um,
1: Yeah, don't do it. Your boy Mike Jackson, dude. Your boy (laughs) Mike boy (laughs) Mike Jackson, dude. You let, on? U, you let me bring up one of my you. You let me bring up one of my you rookies. Give him some love, mm-hmm. and then you had to just turn around and throw Mike Jackson senior in my face.
0: Dude, I feel um, bad because I was rooting for the kid too. Lord knows I love the you, but
1: man. really, he just had he really, had two terrible plays team. in a row. He gives yeah, up. He had a big, horrible pi call. Oh, really, and gets
0: toasted by Debo Samuel. I mean, toasted.
1: Yeah, it was not good. And to do that on back-to-back plays when the fan base is just trying to learn your name. Um, the good guy work. was
0: that number 45, Powell. We brought, He's a camp body. He got bought in like two weeks ago. He gave up,
1: up the touchdown.
0: The touchdown to, to Jalen Hurd. Yeah. Um, Niner fans are really stoked about big body Hurd, like this kid who's like a project-wide receiver. Um, and he had a great touchdown. But I, all I'm saying is, Throw that shit on Cheeto Uzi and see if you get that ball, man. Like, just horrible coverage, terrible positioning. Like, just really ugly.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Niners, for the first time in some years, might actually have a little bit of team to be hopeful about. It's like when your team's still really bad, but you have a lot of high draft picks that might pan out. I mean. They have Debo Samuel, uh, Jalen Hurd. They got Dante Pettis from last year. I mean, they got a lot of exciting players. They're, just, on that they're just hoping
0: that that Bosa isn't like already injured.
1: Yeah, well, and that they didn't just totally fuck themselves by paying Jimmy Garoppolo for five good games at the end of that season.
0: That is a distinct possibility. Like, <laughs> there is a real chance that Jimmy G is going to roll his good-looking ass out onto the field and have his knees explode in week two, and it's going to be like, well, ah,
1: Nick Mullins it is. Nick Mullins. I did see a great tweet, Andy. I wanted to – I I didn't save it. That was uh, that if Jerry had any sense, we'd let Dak walk and then give a phone call to the Niners right now for Mullins.
0: What? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, just – just let Dak walk and get Nick Mullins and groom him for dude, the future, dude.
0: Just, like, get the most talented team Dallas has had in a decade and just decapitate it and put, like, a jack-o'-lantern on top of the body <laughs> and see if it'll work out. You know, it's
1: definitely a guy who either went to whatever school Nick Mullins did or saw... That first start he had last year in Thursday night football that he killed it and then sort of just disappeared. I knew I I knew I was
0: watching the fucking Niners broadcast as it was like, uh Nick, you know, Nick Mullins had the third most yards of any first start in 49ers history. Who were the first two? And I was just like, what kind of homer ass trivia
1: question is this? (laughs) Like
0: the third most yards, dude? Like
1: the best, the best quote. Damn, I meant to bring it up. John Veya Johnson, who they called Isaac, poor Bruce. Man's Isaac Bruce. They're like a poor man's Isaac Bruce. And we, we how poor? me and Andy have this bit. Anytime that anyone gets compared to a poor man and they name a hall of famer, we always like how poor we have broke ass Isaac Bruce over here.
0: <laughs> Dude. Oh my God. I can't wait to read you this, this Reddit quote I have at the end of the,
1: the broadcast. I showed it to you earlier. Week, but well, I'm pumped. I know, the, I know the fans are pumped, so that was really it. Um, yeah, just kind of summary Mike White, white Mike McCardle's success. Um, He's terrible. hopefully, we get Brett to see some starters
0: in Hawaii this weekend playing the Rams on Saturday night at nine o'clock central time. Hopefully, we'd see a little more Dak, maybe uh, a little more Pollard, a little more
1: Gallup, a little bit of ingenuity in the offense although i'm sure they'll go That'd be excellent i'm sure they'll go jason garrett's personality and just vanilla the shit out of it
0: well but, i mean look uh, at the rams did last week dude like the rams put up three points against the raiders and called it a day like
1: dude yeah i mean we're not the only team the rams didn't play golf or girly in a single snap last year in preseason and then they yeah they're not they're not doing it in the entire league's ass. yeah yeah so yeah so it'll be
0: interesting but I guess there has been a cloud hanging over you know, the preseason, Ben, as contract talk has really taken center stage around the Dallas Cowboys. Um, yesterday caused a significant amount of drama when a story came out via Jane Slater that Dak Prescott had not only turned down $30 million a year, but was demanding $40 million a year to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Um, that immediately sparked, obviously, like ESPN running with that and being like, "Wow, Dak's demanding forty million. Is Dak too greedy to be the quarterback?
1: Big trouble in Big D? Oh, the fans on Twitter—I mean, it was crazy. You had all these Eagles, like, "Yeah, please pay Dak Prescott forty mil." And you had everybody reacting to it. Um, man, I—we even texted briefly about it. And then when you sit there and think about it for more than twenty seconds, you realize that that's. This is all posturing, and this 100% a Jerry really came leak, like, from Jerry's 500% camp. Hundred
0: percent a Jerry leak, like
1: yeah. And I'm not saying Jane Slater got it wrong. Someone definitely reported that. But if you really think Dak Prescott is sitting there and demanding 40 mil or he won't play, I I have a very well, I have a very hard time believing that. Not that he'd even wouldn't play, but I have a hard time believing he well, thinks.
0: He and now we've it. seen we've had reports come out. You know, Dax camp told USA Today that that's not true um then dan patrick came out today and said that he has a source closest situation that 100 the 40 million dollar number 100 100 came from jerry like this is a and it worked like to jerry's credit the move worked perfectly the entire fan base turned on Dak immediately and called him greedy and now there's pressure on Dak to sign whatever deal the cowboys put in front of him which will be less than if He was just
1: sitting here waiting for the
0: deal. So good move by Jerry. Plays dirty. I like it.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the Dallas Cowboys. This is a PR machine, man. They know what they're doing. There's a reason that the whole Ezekiel Elliott car crash story leaked after he decided to go to Cabo. I mean, this whole – I'm not saying there's a big conspiracy behind it. I'm saying this team is very good at letting out the information that they want let out.
0: They invented the NFL media machine. They know how to use it, is all I'll say.
1: Yeah. So, Andy, I do... Let's do this. I do want to go contract by contract of the big three. And I just want to kind of break down the lens of what is going on. Um, Just how people are perceiving it, how it should be perceived. And then maybe me and you can come up with a number two that we feel comfortable with or it makes sense. Makes sense to me. Okay. So I'm going to start with the least controversial and that is Amari Cooper. And I say least controversial because it's just not the one generating all the buzz with Zeke. Well, he down. just hasn't.
0: Amari has almost not given a quote about his contract situation.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he, he's very aware that his, he's going to get paid. And if he doesn't get paid, um, by us, somebody in the free market, assuming he doesn't get hurt, it's going to get paid. Plus, to be fair to Amari Cooper, he's in his fifth year option from when he'd been drafted by Oakland, and he's making $13.9 million this year. So even without a deal, even, that. even without a deal, he's not really hurting. So I just want to talk Amari and, and why we haven't hurt as much. One of the big things is that... Yes, Amari's the undrafted free or these are the unrestricted free agent at the end of the year but while he's not in a rush to get things done like Dak and Zeke is that there's a lot of wide receivers out there that as they get paid Amari's value continues to climb and climb Andy yeah. Well,
0: I knew I knew there was a zero percent chance he would sign before Michael Thomas. Like that was the one in my head that I just had like kind of pegged as just like Well and Michael Thomas of no
1: force the Saints by holding out, but yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Amari wants if it's up to Amari, he wants Julio to re-sign, he wants Tyreek to get a deal, he wants AJ Green to get an extension. All these add value to his contract negotiation. And meanwhile, like a smart man that he is. He's just kind of playing up the, like, look, man, I don't really care about contracts. I just like playing football, like right.
1: becoming right. a favorite. That's one of the reasons he's not in a rush. As I said, he's already getting a good – he's getting $14 million this year regardless of what goes down. It's already guaranteed, and he knows that we gave up a first-rounder for him. He's going to get paid, and every time we, meaning the Cowboys, drag their feet on this, And some other receiver comes in and gets a deal, your benchmark goes up. So, Mike Thomas, you're right, being the big one, just got five years, 100 million, I think 64 million guaranteed. Um, Biggest contract from any wide receiver in the NFL now, getting 20 mil a year. Um, And I don't think that. Amari can reasonably make the argument that he can get Mike Thomas money, him and his agent. So I would say, Andy, he's probably coming around 19. It'll depend on guaranteed money, but we'll say around 18, 19 a year. I think the max he's getting is five for nine. I, I
0: said I said 18, five um, previously, um, which I think is 90...
1: Two? Yeah. Five? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be right. Something like that. So,
0: yeah, it'll all depend on guarantees. I think we're going to see Amari come in somewhere between 18 and 19 million. I don't think he goes above 19 because that'll be kind of the line that the team will draw is like, hey, now you're into Michael Thomas territory. Um, But again, if Julio goes and signs at 21 and if Tyreek gets 21, and suddenly, like I mean, the the situation I keep bringing up is: look at DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins signed at sixteen five. Everyone thought that was wildly expensive. Two three years later, sixteen five is a freaking bargain for DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. who might be the best wide receiver in the NFL. Oh, yeah. So,
1: I mean, that's that's the way that's the way these things work. Wide receiver is no different than quarterback than running back. You have to realize that every year. As the NFL continues to make more and more money, the more and more money is allocated for the players. Therefore, the cap increases. And as the cap increases, the players who sign their deals want a bigger and bigger pie. So their deals jump. So the ones that on track, if you kind of go and look at that, that are comparable, they say to him is Mike Evans, who signed a few years ago, got five for 82. Five, got 16 and a half a year. Brandon Cook signed for five for 81. DeAndre Hopkins signed for five for 81. And Sammy Watkins somehow got three for 48, 16 mil a year. Um, They all happened the previous season or the season before that in Mike Evans' case. And so I believe that that alone means Amari Cooper's probably going to make more money than all of them. And I think it's fair to say he's going to come in somewhere between... Michael Thomas in that. So he's going to make somewhere between 17 at the cheapest and I would say probably 19 at the most. Fair. So I guess just the easy question, would you pay him? Yes, of course. Yes, absolutely. One, you gave up a first-round draft pick for the guy, so
0: if you weren't going to pay him, this was a bad plan. Um, Two, Amari's proven that he can make hay in our offense, which... I'm not convinced every receiver can. I think Amari's skill set is uniquely good for Dallas in that he's an insanely polished route runner with good hands, um, and he can run away from guys after the catch. Um, You need a very specific kind of receiver to make Dak Prescott effective. I'm not convinced that every single good receiver could come in and put up huge numbers with Dak. Um, And I think Amari's perfect for what we need, especially in Dallas where you're going to be under an insane amount of pressure and in a huge spotlight. Not that every NFL player isn't, but Dallas is its own special circus. And a guy like Amari, who is quiet, humble, hardworking, not a huge media hound like maybe some of the other Antonio Brown-esque wide receivers have been, um, I think that's a really good match. So I I would say, yes, you got to pay him.
1: Yeah, I think so. And that's why... As I said, his deal will get done, but I don't. I, I can't really predict the timing of who's going to get paid first. But I think they're least worried about getting his done. Yeah, uh, the only other person, like you said, that's really waiting on a contract this off season right now is Julio Jones. Um, he's not getting Julio money, so even if Julio comes in and blows the door off Mike Thomas money, which is Michael Thomas probably just helped Julio get an extra couple million. Um, and probably helped Amari get an extra couple million. I don't think Julio's deal is going to change change yeah. Amari's unless for some reason he accepts less money, which that won't happen. I agree. All right, so the next one, and a very controversial one among Cowboy fans now apparently, Ezekiel Elliott who has been noticeably absent. Noticeably? Is that is that correct? you, you heard anything about that? Zeke, not I Not heard it? it mentioned that Zeke is in Cabo San Lucas instead of with the team. Yes. Zeke still has two years left on his contract from his rookie season, Andy. Um, I think it's two year for 24 left. Is that right? Or two for 18? Um, yeah. I got to find Something it. Like that. But... Yeah, okay, so he's under contract this year for 4 mil, and with signing, yeah, okay, and then next season, we picked up his nine dollars dollar fifth fifth-year option. Um, and that's all based off of rookie wage scale and where they are selected in the draft. Zeke coming in at fourth um, in the 2016 draft. He's pretty much slotted at where he is, but um, why he's holding out, Andy, with two years left on his deal is that Zeke knows he's about to get ridden for 350 touches.
0: I think so- he could have fewer touches this year because of the presence of Pollard and the changes in the offense, but his workload isn't going to diminish so much that it adds years to his career. And he also knows that he doesn't have any leverage for at least two years. The only leverage he has is that he's incredibly crucial to the Dallas offense, and that the only way he can hurt the team is is to not be there to help them win during this time period where they are very, very good. So he's going to take that little bit of leverage he has, which is, hey, like we're good enough to win the Super Bowl. If I'm there, do you want to win the Super Bowl? And he's going to try to leverage that into a longer-term deal. I definitely understand the life of a running back is short in the NFL.
1: And even with all the hoopla going around, I'm not so – Convinced that Steven and Jerry are really worried that Ezekiel's absent. I think they are rather they're be there. Like, they're not. like, I think they know Zeke could show up and play 10 minutes before the game and would be that. Ezekiel Elliott. Also, I mean, today he said,
0: uh, Jerry Jones on managing Cowboys top contracts. I've got to realize that I. Could let a Demarcus Ware out of here because I don't have enough money because I paid it to other to too many others. That happened to me. I don't want that to happen again. We've got some top talent here,
1: right? Um, so, and then he, when he, asked, sorry, I was gonna say the right. other thing about Zeke and why he's deciding now to hold out is while it's good for Amari Cooper and even Dak Prescott to wait a little bit because as more people sign, it helps them. Um, now that Todd Gurley, a year ago, set the market at for a premier running back at four years, sixty million, fifteen a year, and yeah. Le'Veon Bell, after his year absence, just got paid a big contract from the Jets um, for thirteen point two a year or thirteen point five a year, yeah, um, for thirty five million total guaranteed. Zeke is – there's no one else left that's going to change that or affect that. So yep. Zeke waiting doesn't do himself really any favors. Now, he might have to just because, as we have pointed out, he doesn't have a whole lot of leverage, Andy. But the market for the running back is is pretty much set. So he knows – he's probably making the case I want Todd Gurley money. They're apparently making the case that he's going to get levy on money, and then nobody's really even close to them except David Johnson. Got three for thirty-nine in, uh, I think the year before. Seventeen, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jerry's actually like
0: they're they're acting like they're totally prepared. They the other day they said they think Pollard could take the whole load. Today, when asked if he had concerns about Elliott not being signed by week one, Jerry said, "I'm not in any way concerned." But I certainly know that we're in a situation where it could be week one. Of course, it could be week two. If we go into the season, that's the facts. If it doesn't, it's probably no harm. Um. So, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's crazy. Like, but like, stare down, like Cuban Missile Crisis, who blinks first? The Cowboys...
1: Me, make- at the end of the day, Zeke's losing more than Dallas is. I mean, it's it's... He doesn't have a whole lot of leverage other than he thinks that I, well, we need I him think, to win which I agree.
0: One, I think Zeke is going to have to he's going to have to prove to Dallas that he can that he will miss a check cuz I think right now there's people that will call bullshit on him being willing to give up a game check by not showing up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Dallas has a little bit of an advantage because our first two games are Less than the most competitive we'll play all year. Maybe two play, of the
1: worst five teams in the league.
0: If we have to play if we had to play the Patriots in Foxborough or New Orleans in NOLA week one, this might be different, but as it stands, we're playing the Giants at home and the Redskins. So that adds to Dallas's strengthened position. Um, let me ask you, Ben, you know, straight up what would you pay him?
1: Yeah, so Looking at, at what Gurley and Le'Veon got, I think you can convince him to take split the difference between both of them, which would be, I would say he would come in for four for 57, four for 58. Um, you're almost given, you know, 14 and a half a year is, is I, I didn't do the math right there, but four for 14 and a half a year, depending on guarantees. I think you can get him back here for that, and I think I would do that. Do you think that's too high?
0: I mean, I feel like I almost need to recuse myself because I am the biggest Zeke Elliott homer there is, and so I'm like, dude, I'll pay Zeke Elliott fifteen. Like, <laughs> you give him, girl gonna, him
1: right now. Well, I'm
0: just like, is am if we're if we're willing to pay him fourteen five, am I willing to, to give up Zeke Elliott for five hundred grand? Hell no. No. Because Zeke no. is the – I mean, he is the franchise at the this point. The problem is
1: to – I get what you're saying. It's also – as we've mentioned, the running back market is not what it once was. And it's about as high as it's going to be for at least a while until maybe Saquon resets it in two, three years, yeah. Andy. Saquon gets $30 million. It won't even be a big deal that Zeke's getting 15. <laughs> Saquon's going to get
0: 15 million per thigh, bro.
1: Yeah, dude. That's a lot of. Dude, have you seen his thighs? I mean, they oh. are. They're so big that you might as well just give him every single running back's money in the entire league and just donate to Saquon. He's
0: so good, dude. Have you seen him run against a six man box, dude? He gets <laughs> 20 yards every time. He's incredible. No, but like you right. you real. You've never seen a running back lose more coolly than Saquon does, dude. You really love Saquon, man. He's your boy. I, more people at work should come up to me and tell me how good Saquon Barkley is.
1: Dude, he is pretty good. I mean, he's, I don't know if you saw, but on dude. the under 25 team, on the under 25 team, he was on it over Zeke, bro, according to ESPN, man
0: lounge shoe shit bro I will say that Saquon is better than Zeke as soon as Saquon ever has a year where he does better than Zeke at any level of football ever <laughs> didn't do better in college any year worst rookie year let's see it just show me a better year and I'll say that he was better than him but he's never done it so Zeke didn't get shut down by Rutgers alright Um,
1: has Saquon ever held out on his team bro Ha! Checkmate. Damn it. Damn it! Damn it. I forgot that Zeke's a thug diva
0: and Saquon's a selfless teammate.
1: Saquon loves his team, loves his country, and loves Truth. his president.
0: Dude, I heard Saquon Barkley has a
1: Pat Tillman tattoo. <laughs> oh, damn, dude. He's definitely, <laughs> he's definitely a patriot as fuck. Um, <laughs> he's gonna People listen to this. They're like, these guys are fucking assholes. <laughs> I know. Before we – okay, before we take the tangent, Andy just always takes the Saquon bait. I had to, I had to go there. Um, but, yeah, Zeke, okay, he's he's asking for girly money, maybe more. We don't really know because this is all yeah, – once again. I don't think
0: you can reset the market. I don't. I, I think you draw the line there. We're certainly not going to
1: do it with two years left on this contract.
0: Okay, one that also like – Dude, you can't be like, give me Gurley money when that contract bit them in the ass. Like,
1: yeah, Gurley literally didn't play in the Super Bowl because he was fucking knees all up.
0: fucked up. Yeah, like if Gurley was balling out and like was fine, you could maybe make the case. Like, look, I'm as good as Gurley. Give me that money, but that contract looks horrible for them.
1: So, dude, the last three yeah, running backs that have gotten paychecks, no the last. Four running backs have gotten paychecks now. If you count Le'Veon Bell, who just held out on his team a year, remains to be seen if the Jets will rue that contract or not. Spoiler alert, they will. It's the Jets. Um, Todd Gurley, who I don't know if right now the Rams would do that deal all over again. Then again, they did make the Super Bowl, so maybe they would, but I don't think they're looking at the rest of his contract super thrilled. I mean, they just took a running back in the third round, for God's sake. So they're preparing that Gurley may have chronic knee issues. David Johnson, who immediately after signing his deal, missed an entire season and is now 28. Devonta Freeman, who got five for 41. And since signing that deal, Andy, have you even seen Devonta Freeman?
0: No, I cannot say that I have seen a ton of Devonta Freeman love coming out of Atlanta. And And I'm there pretty often.
1: Yeah, and Lashawn McCoy, who signed five for forty, quite a long time ago. I guess you could argue the Bills got yeah, the best, best end of any contract. And That's Jared McKinnon, and Jared McKinnon, who got four for thirty somehow, or five for 30. Jared McKinnon, who won the lottery effectively.
0: Jared McKinnon just won the lottery. That's what happened.
1: Yeah, four for thirty somehow, seven and a half mil. And I never even thought he was that good in Vikings. And do you think the Niners regret that deal? He may not even play he may be hurt to begin this season again. So the whole point being is no team that's really signed one of these running backs has now I'll say profited greatly off of it. I
0: think Zeke is worth the money. He's uninsurable, he's a beast in production. We had a shadow of our line last year, and he still led the league in rushing. So I'm down to pay him, but we need to keep reality in mind. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 14-5, 14 all day. Can't go to 15.
1: Sure. Uh, And I would pay him because this is the same thing as when we get in Dak here in a minute. I'm basically going to ask, do you think right now that the Cowboys have a legitimate chance at winning a Super Bowl. With wow. these three players, yes. Yes. And if that's the case, and it's for this season, probably next season too, even if they lose a piece or two, you probably at least have a two-year, hopefully three-year window where you're going to have a pretty talented roster. Then I say you pay Zeke. And you know what? make it front loaded for the first three years. And if you want to jump three years from now and he's 27, if he's still not producing out numbers, or you just, your team hasn't got it done, you know, worry about the fallout then. But I just, that's Agreed. what I would say. No, I'm right there with you. Um, now I will say,
0: if you have decided as an organization, you're going to keep Dak Prescott, then you got to package Zeke and Amari with him. Amari and Zeke are crucial to making Dak Prescott successful, because I am not convinced he can go out there and do it with no Zeke and no number one receiver.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that. So after the Dak 40 mil thing leaked from Dallas, if you are anywhere on Twitter or Reddit and reading the fan bases go back and forth and – the numbers that people would point out that since Dex entered the league, only Tom Brady has more wins. And then someone's like, well, QB wins don't really matter. And they're like, well, he's got more rushing yards, or or, sorry, more uh, touchdowns, less picks, and a better uh, QB rating than Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson just got paid. There's been a lot of arguments like that all over the internet that have been driving me nuts, Andy. There seems to be nobody (laughs) that can...
0: Both sides of the equation are horrible. There seems like, to be nobody... pro Dak truthers are insane. And the the like old boomer, faded Witten jersey, like I can't
1: believe this guy wants money to play quarterback type guys are the worst too. Oh, well, it's that too, and it's the guys who it seems like there's... A sect of people that if you're pro-pay Zeke, you don't want to pay Dak. You think Zeke deserves money, and if you want to pay Dak, you really don't give a shit if they pay Zeke because you think Dak can – I'm going to be straight up. Most
0: proof that if You are a Dak person today. If you are a person walking around telling people about Dak wanting $40 million, or you're a person who's like, well, if you pay Zach, you can't pay Zeke you are literally the puppet of Jerry Jones. Like, I hope you love Jerry Jones because you have literally just like like a baby bird but look towards the sky and let Papa Jerry barf into your mouth and you're just like, yum, this is delicious and eating it. Because those are completely fake paradigm stories that Jerry Jones and the marketing department made up and you have swallowed whole. Like these people that are like, can you believe Dak asked for 40 million, dude? Like, dog, like you're- <sighs> I I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm sure Jer- you're the kind of guy that Jerry sells premium parking passes for $500 to. Like, it's
1: insane. Um, so we we both agreed, Andy, that well, yeah, these people suck. But we both agreed. Can I can, talk I, read talk, you, can hey. I read you something real quick, man? Yeah, yeah, you can cut in. So,
0: yesterday, people were making a huge deal about Dak turning down $30 million and people were like dak thinks he's the number 2 or number 3 or number 1 ranked quarterback and so i was like okay i'll just i'll type an answer to this no big deal so i said <laughs> this is great i'm not saying dak is or is not worth the money but the idea that someone would take less money than what they can get is dumb is there anyone on earth who would take less money knowing that they can get more the market pushed prices upward and if dak and dak's agent knows the cowboys will pay more than 30 they're negotiating so that they can get that. It has nothing to do with Dak's opinion of his QB ranking. Now, Ben, I don't think there's anything that controversial in that statement.
1: No, no. That that seems pretty, pretty logical. logical to me.
0: This is the response that I got, and I almost didn't think this was real. There's plenty of people who take less money. When I was in junior high, I went to a private school. I was Sick. barely able to stay. It was barely able to stay open, and there were teachers who took $1 a year because they loved teaching so much and wanted to do it. They had other means of living and didn't need the job. Think Pat Tillman made as much money in the armed forces as he would have in the NFL? Think Brady makes as much as he could? Amendola took less money to stay with the Patriots than he most likely would have commanded elsewhere. There are plenty of real-world examples as well where people liked what they did and who they did it for and didn't wring every last dime out of their employer. The difference between corporate America and the NFL, though, is that there's a total pie in the NFL. Corporate America can spend as much as it has. The Cowboys can't. You add more, you add more to your piece than someone else has to c- take a smaller piece. This is not a knock-on deck, but you can't lay out bl- blanket statements that there aren't people who take less money to do something for the team because they <laughs> love what they do. First of all, dog, I don't know how to break it to you. Corporations oh, don't have unlimited money, dog. Like, yes, if a corporation gives an extra dollar to one person, it has to come from somewhere else. They can't just give everyone unlimited pay. So that's insane. Two, did you really invoke Pat Tillman to lecture me about Dak and his contracts? Are you really that person? Oh, my freak. Dude. Dude. That oh, is great. That's the second time.
1: This is the second time we've had a a good Pat Pat Tillman a uh, a uh, a cameo on this pot, man.
0: That's pretty great. A rest peace to that man. He's a goddamn American hero, and deserves more respect than to be dragged out as the like rah rah patriotism puppet every time someone wants to be like I'll tell you what a real sacrifice looks like. It's fucking Pat
1: Tillman. Uh, well (laughs) dude i know the the i always called america porn film that people are like oh tight this guy's a fucking american hero this was a tragic situation let's make money off of it make sure to make sure to buy your commemorative 9
0: 11 t-shirts for 49.99 never forget
1: (laughs) the other part of that the other part of that 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 person begins with is that teachers who love their jobs will do it for one dollar a year. First of all, dude, (laughs) teachers get paid like shit, and it's not because
0: like, (laughs) oh, they just do whatever they want. and They can take a (laughs) dollar. Fuck you, dude. Teachers deserve a ton of money, and they don't like you. Don't have to do your job for a dollar a year, dude. No, didn't you? Didn't you
1: you hear at his middle school, dude? The teachers just did did it because they loved it
0: oh, that's, that's wild bro uh and you said that, that middle school doesn't exist anymore probably because that's illegal and what they were doing was illegal and they probably got shut down by the irs so tight story bro
1: god that's right these are the type of people we've been dealing with that contract talk breaks out it's really the worst dude all these people that like they played quarterback
0: at lufkin in 1987 and they would play just for the glory of the game and the honor of wearing the star. And they can't believe that these guys want money to play quarterback because I'd I'd give everything in my life up to have just one more down out there. Just like, dude, shut up, dude. These guys are going to have CTE when they're older. They're putting it on the line every day. They are doing one of the hardest tasks in the world at the highest level in the world. They deserve money. (laughs)
1: All of these things, all of these things can be true that Dak should absolutely, is absolutely warranted to go after every single penny he thinks he can get from Dallas. Or whoever, that the more pennies he takes from Dallas ultimately hurts our future of putting together talent around him. And that our fan base sucks.
0: But, yeah. (laughs) I mean, dude, don't get me wrong. I get it. Like everyone wants their guy to be like the dude that takes a team friendly deal and does good by the team. But the inverse has never happened. And you will not root for the inverse. If Dak gets hurt next week after signing a deal, none of you people that are all about the team are going to say, well, like the team's still going to give Dak $10 million, right? Like we got to take care of him. He made a sacrifice for us. No, no. You're going to be on the internet talking about how, what is the best mechanism by which we can get Dak to give back his signing bonus? You're the same people that made Calvin Johnson repay his workout bonuses. So
1: shut, shut up, dude. Yeah, it's, it's just people out there. Same thing with Zeke that are like, man, just pay out your contract. You signed it for a reason, dude. Okay. These, these players have teams, the second that they slip, the second they slip, get cut. Traded, fucked, whatever. I mean, so yeah, of yeah. course, if they're in the reverse scenario, they should get the money. And their contracts aren't fully guaranteed, which is the problem with the NFL. If you look at every other sports league, pretty much money, the second you sign your deal is...
0: Generate more revenue. You don't think Zeke Elliott generates more revenue than, like, the 12th guy on the Timberwolves? Maybe not. <laughs> I think he probably does. <laughs>
1: No, no. So
0: Maybe Ricky Ricky Rubio just fucking blows the box office out and sells a shitload of t-shirts, but I'm willing to bet Zeke Elliott has a fucking mini-economy around him.
1: What do you think Ricky Rubio makes right now? More than Tony Romo made in his entire career. (laughs) (laughs) He just signed a three-year $51 million deal with the Nets. Or the uh, Suns. So yeah, so Ricky Rubio is gonna make seventeen million a year.
0: Third guard on the Suns. (laughs) Then Zeke Elliott will make as the premier offensive weapon in the National Football League, the highest-grossing sports league in the world. Yeah, yeah. So fuck off.
1: Play (laughs) basketball. Play basketball, kids.
0: Yes, we do need to figure out the numbers that work. If we pay Amari eighteen, Zeke fourteen, Dak thirty-two, that is. $64 $64 million, that's a ton. That is a third of the cap space. The cap right now is $188 million. It's going to go up next year after the new CBA, but we got to figure it all out. So, I want all three. I think you have to take all three. I think that they complement each other. I think you need, the way that we've set this up, I think you said Jack it very well, then you have to have the other two.
1: I think you said it very well that, if you're going to give Dak thirty five million or whatever it is, and you're comfortable, you're one of those fans that's comfortable, you damn sure better bring along his his Batman and Robin and Zeke yeah. and Amari. Um someone posted I heard this stat. So everyone keeps throwing out Dak is, what, thirty two and sixteen as a starter yeah. in this league. That's pretty good. I would say the Dallas Cowboys are thirty two and sixteen with Dak as press you know as yeah, quarterback. Yeah. That's another way to put it. But you know, people just look at QBs with a win stat for some reason. Um. <laughs> um anyway, Dak is is I forgot what I was going to say Andy. I just dropped the ball. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, this whole thing going on, and I was like, where the fuck am I about to go with this?
0: But <laughs> okay, it looked like. At the end of the day, Dak Prescott, if we're going to sign him, will probably be signed somewhere between 30 and 35, which is Russell Wilson is the current highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. He gets 35 a year. I am comfortable at 30. I will say this. One rumor I have heard from more than one source is that the sticking point is not the money, but the the length of time, and that it's the inverse of what most people are worried about. Dallas wants to sign Dak Prescott for four or five years and lock him in at today's price, which right now seems expensive in three years when Mahomes and Goff and Watson and Baker and all these other guys have signed will seem very cheap. What Dak may want to do, gamble on himself, he knows he's got a very talented team. He probably will have two very good years. Two-year contract, fully guaranteed at today's price, and get to ring the money bell again in 2021. So I don't know if the Cowboys are up for it, but what are your thoughts on two years, $62 million, fully guaranteed, signed, sealed, and delivered? Yeah. <sighs>
1: On one hand, I like it because it is still a prove-it deal for Dak. Yeah,
0: it's- and we can get rid
1: of him if we want to, and he's going to yeah. be trying to play his fucking
0: ass off for the next two years. There's no comfort in it.
1: Like yeah, it. on that side, I like it. On the other one, if he does ball two straight years, then you're thinking, shit, we should have just signed a five because now we're paying him $40 mil, and we could have had him on the books for thirty two.
0: Yeah, and I mean you're losing honestly out. like
1: you're losing out on he
0: balls, he balls hard enough to be kept as the guy that it's like all right that's a that's a that's a good problem.
1: And that's what Dan Patrick's saying. I, I have a hard time believing he would do that because I still think he'd rather the comfort of the long term contract. I mean, we're talking about man, we're talking about he's gonna get somewhere around 150, I don't know, $150 million dollars. And I would imagine over oh, a okay, million great. of let's, that's guaranteed. Let's
0: let's be honest. He's got he's gonna get ninety five million dollars for sure, and with the potential to get one hundred and fifty million dollars.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd have to see what Wentz's guaranteed was and all that, but he's gonna have. I mean, he's he's making at least a hundred mil. I would imagine. Probably. I mean, Kirk Cousins got what three for eighty four, completely guaranteed. There's no way Dak's taking less than 90 mil guaranteed. He's probably going to be in the hundreds. Um, Yeah, they want to do that. Uh, I kind of want
0: to. Let's see here. Guaranteed at signing. All right. So Matt Ryan is, uh, or Wentz is the. There we go. Uh, Most guaranteed at signing is Matt Ryan at 94.5. Okay. Kirk Cousins is 84. Aaron Rodgers 79.2 Russell Wilson 70. Carson Wentz 66.4 Matthew Stafford 60.5 Khalil Mack 60 million.
1: Okay, so yeah, you're right. Maybe he doesn't get 100 mil guaranteed then. Maybe he is getting in the around 90. You know, it looks like most guys get
0: right around somewhere between 44 and 51 percent guaranteed. Uh Matt Ryan is an outlier. He got sixty-three percent of that contract guaranteed, which yeah,
1: also second contract. I mean, I know a lot of those guys are, but you know, it's like when you're paying the thing is when you're paying Russ contract two, Matt Ryan contract two, or Rogers contract two, they have a body of work, man. A really long body of work. You've seen what they've done. Russell Wilson
0: had not was not Russell Wilson we know today in year four.
1: No, he wasn't. And we brought that up when Russell Wilson signed. Dak, right? Like, he'd also been to two Super Bowls.
0: Okay. Not really his doing, but. Yeah, but is
1: Dak's doing 32 wins in three years?
0: No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, like, I think there's still, there's, what I'm saying is, there's a history of quarterbacks taking a step. So yeah. Dak could take a step. And if Dak does take a step,
1: he'll be pretty damn good because he ain't, he isn't horrible now. And if he takes you know, a step, That's, I mean, mean, yeah, a guy who's twenty six years old can easily get better. I mean, shit, when Romo started at twenty six, he wasn't
0: better, dude. If Dak gets ten percent better, then he's a guy that throws for four thousand yards, like twenty eight touchdowns, rushes for seven touchdowns. I mean, seventy percent completion, like not too shabby.
1: Yeah, I. I understand all that. The fear is that you sign Derek Carr, not Russell Wilson. And you get a quarterback that regresses after a contract. Sure. I understand. My whole point is I'm really – I'm not as worried paying Zeke and Amari because I think Zeke and Amari are – You know tough.
0: you're players. You know you're, you're getting getting elite players. Player. My
1: big fear is in paying Dak, the ultimate fear – the sneak the sneaky suspicion that he's average and you're paying top five money for an average guy because if things are perfect around him, as we said he can win. Sure.
0: I think other guys have been paid that way. I think Matthew Stafford is pretty painfully
1: average. No I'm not, and, and I'm not it's saying you're, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm he's saying pretty painfully
0: average, but honestly, the bottom line is this. This team is too talented. You cannot find another quarterback right now, and you can't take the time to develop a new one. You'll start losing other
1: talented pieces. So you got to push the chips in. Yep, that's uh, that's ultimately what I said. That's what it comes down to for me. I, If I had to give up on one of the three, it was like some fucking jigsaw scenario, and it was like, hello, Ben, I want to play a game. And it was like... <laughs> it was like Zeke in a bag of money, Amari in a bag of money and Dak and one of them had to had to go i guess i'd get rid of dak but position scarcity makes that a really dumb statement in people's minds cuz you can you can replace Zeke with a pollard and somebody and get decent production and you can't necessarily find a 20 ranked quarterback to come on your team
0: bro can i just read for you what jerry jones is Last quote was today at his press conference. Yeah, please. Jerry Jones offered a colorful and if somewhat convoluted assessment of the cowboys talks with Dak Prescott Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott in relation to a liberal arts education. <clears throat> I'm gonna do this in a Jerry voice. Picture you were driving in a car and you had you had a wreck okay. and your hand and your hand was severed off, but you didn't understand your anatomy. So you look down, you're spurting blood, you open the door, and you run into the woods, and you either die bleeding to death or in shock. The educated man looks down, knows his anatomy, squeezes, and knows his best chance is to wait for help. That's because he's been there a lot and done that. So I'm squeezing and waiting for help. That is so Jerry that I love it. You want to take a fucking stab at what that means?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What in the fuck? dude i couldn't even begin to decipher i think jerry means that he's been basically in the shit before and so he's he's knows he's, what to he's, do. he's he knows what he's to do
0: he's done he's done his part
1: so now he's waiting for
0: amari and dak and zeke why is he bleeding i don't none of this makes sense
1: dude dude you could write a book of cherry isms and none of them would make sense uh, Out of context. So in context, bottom, line, fuck it.
0: bottom line, Ben, as we wrap up here. Are you in favor of paying all of them? And give me just a recap. Are you are you in favor of paying all of them and at what number?
1: <sighs> yes, yes, and I guess is how I come in on it. Okay. Yes to serve your- Amari. Five for ninety. I do that right now. Um guaranteed money sixty mil. Okay. Uh, Zeke, if Gurley got four for 60, I don't you know, I would, I'd come in very close to that. I'd see if you could get him for four for 56, but I'd see easily, he's like, why not just come to 60 at that point?
0: That would be my Yeah.
1: I would say that'd be my max, four for 60. I wouldn't go over Gurley money. Sure. Um... And now Dak, the, the big money deal. This sucks because it's just, man, fuck. I can almost convince myself that we're better off not doing it or that we're better off giving him the whole loot. Like every, he's so perplexing to me because I can almost talk myself into any little bit of any thread Damn. that I start to unravel, I can follow on the Dak Prescott train. But ultimately, it's like you said, I just don't think the risk of not paying him and finding a replacement while this team's still competitive is is very likely. Agree. So, five for 160. That's 32, 32 million year. 32 million a year? Okay. So, I
0: am yes on all three. Um... Obviously, two of those are way more fun than the last one. Um, I max out at 15 on Zeke as well. Um, I'll go to 18.5 on Amari. And on Dak, I'm putting the ceiling slightly higher. Uh, I just think that to get the deal done, you're going to have to go to like 33, maybe 33.5. I'm sad because I think that that means there's no Byron.
1: Think Byron Jones is going to be gone. Well, real quick, you pay these three. It's super possible for this year. You can pay all of them this year and don't worry about anything. Your team is set. It's next year, you gotta choose Byron. You can probably get done, but it becomes tough. Blake Jarwin, if he flashes, he's up for a contract. Malik Collins, if he flashes, he's up for a contract. And Jalen Smith and Anthony Brown. Are all up for contracts? I'm so paying Jalen, you know, you know this game, son. I'm paying you know, Jalen. Talk about a guy who's gonna want money if he's playing well. That's Bobby Wagner money coming at you. That's another fifteen, sixteen a I year. I
0: better win the ring right now, dog. Win the ring this year and make I'm these saying, decisions.
1: These globe. contracts are super easy this year. After that, ooh, they get it gets tricky if you want to keep everyone. And you can't keep everyone, and that's what almost all Super Bowl teams figure out. But somehow the Patriots find a way, and that's about it.
0: Got to keep drafting well for one, but uh. oh, and L.
1: Collins also gone next year, probably.
0: Yeah. So, so that is the state of Dallas Cowboy contracts as they are now. We will obviously continue to update you guys on Twitter and on our Instagram as the contract situation evolves. Um, make sure to follow boys will Be boys DC uh, on Twitter and on Instagram for the latest and greatest around all things Dallas Cowboys. Um, we will be back probably this same time next week. We play uh, the Cowboys play the Rams in Honolulu, Hawaii on Saturday night. Um, so we'll probably have a recap of that game and another update on all these contract situations. Cause I can almost guarantee that they will not all be done by that game. So, that is about the size of things. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. Please like and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Uh, and give us a little uh, rating and review. It gives us a little boost in the algorithm and makes us feel all warm inside. Ben, any final thoughts?
1: No, that was it. I, I wanted to come in real real strong with my, my DAC numbers and take. And halfway through it, I just, I don't know, I talked myself into another corner where I literally... The, the words, coming. The, the words coming. coming the words literally stop coming the words literally stop coming into my brain because I was just I'm so fried at studying that content and that talk and that contract Dude. and
0: I'll tell you what. When <laughs> we stressing. if we get if, when we just on September eighth, when we just lining up to play the Giants, if all our guys are uninjured and we just get to see them all play, I'm just gonna try my best to just enjoy the shit out of every snap this very talented team gets to take. Because the business end of it is no fun, and I don't like figuring out who to keep and how much to give them. I wish I could pay every guy on the Dallas Cowboys a max deal. So I'm glad I don't have to make that call.
1: <sighs> Me too, man. Me too.
0: Also, we should cut all those guys you talked about for next year and bring back Rico Gathers.
1: On <laughs> the Browns now. Super
0: Bowl. Super Bowl Brown business. Ugh. Alright guys, as always, this is Andy Gattelli.
1: Benjamin T. Walker.
0: This has been Boys Will Be Boys. See you next week. Take it easy.
1: Fuck it. Pay Zeke. Cut Dak. Peace!
0: <laughs> oh